We are absolutely going to discuss the newest Detroit Tiger. I guess it is technically still the newest Detroit Tiger. Old friend Matthew Boyd is back in the organization. We're going to talk about the intricacies of that deal for sure. And then we're also going to get to your questions, answer some from the mailbag that was promised all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, December 2nd, two thousand and twenty-two. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay. Wow. We have an episode for you today. So we are going to spend uh, uh, answering as many of your questions as I can get to. I'm hoping to get through like as much, as close to all of them as I can get. Um, if we were doing a full 30 just on the mailbag, I could get through all of them and whatnot. But um, then the Tigers had to make a move. So we're going to spend the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about Matthew Boyd, the addition, what that means, all that stuff. And then after we're done talking about uh, Matt Boyd, then we will answer as many of your questions as I can get to. Okay, cool. So let's get right into it because we got a lot to go over. Matthew Boyd is back in the old English team. He is back to Detroit a one-year, $10 million deal worth $10 million, I guess I should say, technically. Um, wow. How about that for my reaction? Wow. Um, if you're expecting me to just be like, this is how you should feel 100% good or 100% bad, you're not going to find that here. That's not going to happen because – I don't feel that way, and I'm not going to lie to you about how I feel about this. Whether that is 100% good or 100% bad, it is neither. There is a lot of pros and a lot of risks within this signing in my eyes, and I don't think that it's some amazing, oh my goodness, we won the offseason, this is exactly what this team needed type of deal. And I also... Don't think that like there is there was a very negative reaction by some people as well. And I don't think that it's like some, oh my goodness, like the the off season is over. This front office is absolutely horrendous. And it doesn't even matter what we do from here on out. This is the worst move in the history of the Tigers, and we're gonna lose 160 games and the rebuild's gonna go on 10 more years. I think I, I don't subscribe to either of those. Okay. Um my brain is all over the place, though, and I, there's a million different avenues and things that I want to discuss with this, and like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I can understand the logic and understand like the, the some of the pros that can come along with a move like this, but there's also some unavoidable uh, like red flags and concerns with a deal like this as well. I, I mean, first off, as we said a couple of episodes ago, in my opinion, this rotation needs innings. As before you signed before you signed Boyd, 
you really only had solidified in your lineup Erod, Turnbull, and Manning, and Turnbull and Manning are coming off of injury-riddled seasons. And Erod also had an injury and then just didn't pitch for three months. You had three lockdown starters locked, like locked in, we're definitely going to pitch for you, and none of them even came close to pitching a full season last year. So in my eyes, you desperately needed innings, desperately. And I don't think that Matt Boyd is like, I just blindly believe Matt Boyd will be healthy for all of 2023 and pitch every fifth day. Um, he hasn't really been fully healthy like that for uh, by 2023. It'll be four years removed. 2019 was the last time that it was like a full 162 game season that he was healthy for. And so that that's like where I want to start because in my eyes, this doesn't change literally anything. I guess if you want like a, a the the most concrete and shortest response to this signing from me, it is that. Good, bad, we'll see. We will. We we will see. No one knows. Um that like I said, there are pros and cons to it. We'll get into all that. But if you're asking me to give you an answer right now, my response to this signing is nothing has changed about my opinion of what the Tigers need to do this offseason. This does not move the needle at all, period, whatsoever. I guess that's my stance on it. That doesn't mean I think it's bad. That doesn't mean that I think Matthew Boyd's terrible. That doesn't mean that I think he can't give you productive innings in 2023. He might. He can. He has before, literally for your team. But my opinion of what we need to do this offseason has not changed at all. This is not a huge addition for me. And I guess if you want to get into the price of the contract, we can just transition over into that. Spending $10 million on something that doesn't move the needle is probably not the best way to allocate funds. But also, on the flip side, you have one of the richest owners in sports and one of the richest owners in the game of baseball, and it's not a salary cap sport. If you really wanted to, to put up or shut up, ownership could just say, spend whatever you think is best, like is best, do what you think is best. You have the financial support of ownership. But this front office, this ownership rather, ownership has not proven that that is ever going to happen. So if this team has a budget, this offseason of Ill Chris Illich walks in and tells Scott Harris, hey, man, you have whatever, 35, 45, 25 million dollars to spend this offseason, have fun, and he just spent 10 million of it on Matthew Boyd. I guess that that's probably not optically gonna please too many people. It... I, I really am like an absolute wreck. Like my brain is going a million miles an hour in so many different directions with this. Um, I think you still need to add starting pitching. Like, again, this doesn't change literally anything for me. And I guess, again, like it, not changing anything for 10 mil, maybe is maybe it's a sign that it's, that that's not a, a great way to utilize funds. If that's my opinion after a signing, but also, this was this is the second time that Scott Harris has signed Matthew Boyd in two years. <laughs> he he got signed by the Giants after we non-tendered him 
last offseason. And he didn't make a single appearance for the Giants due to his, uh, his unfortunate injury, but he then got traded at the deadline, pitched in relief for the Seattle Mariners down the stretch. He was a reliever. I think the big assumption here is that he will be a starter. I don't think they brought him in and gave him 10 mil to be a reliever. I think that's starting pitching money. Um, so the last time he was a starting pitcher was with the Tigers, and now he's going to be back again doing it again. I, I, I'm all over the place, man. Um, like, it's definitely weird looking at the fact that the tie, that last year, Matthew Boyd, rather, signed for, what was it, around six mil, and then pitched 13 innings and got a $4 million raise. That's kind of odd, for sure. Good for him. I think he's a Boris client. Makes sense. But, like, that's that's optically... To us, that's that's weird. <laughs> but maybe that's the market. And like if like Clevenger had a had a down year and you know, injury and whatnot that happened to him, he got 12 mil. Maybe that's the market. And if the starting pitching market is that expensive, A, Verlander's about to get a bag and he is not coming back to Detroit. But B maybe that puts you in line to trade a starter like hey look how plentiful and rich the starting pitching market out there pitchers like Clevenger and Boyd are getting 10 12 mil maybe we can trade one of these dudes for a for a decent return I don't know I I I really wish I could be like the voice of the fan base and just show up here and be like this is a 100% bad deal or this is like definitely good but I don't think it's possible to do that with this move. And again, the the, the biggest takeaway, if 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 I were to to ask you, if if you were like you have to relay your point in one sentence, it would be does not move the needle. It does not change what I think the Tigers still need to address this offseason. Okay, we'll finish up the Boyd talk, then we'll get into to, to your questions. This is a a, a what times were in? <laughs> who would have thought? Seriously, who would have ever thought the return of Matthew Boyd is what we'd be talking about? Let's let's keep talking about it though. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got you covered at Bet Online. That are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two, Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Locked on sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay. So a few more things with, with Maddie B. All right. Um, I think it's important to note that he has never had very high walk rates. And I think that that is one of the reasons that Scott Harris likes him. Um, the, the biggest thorn in Matt Boyd's side for really his entire Tigers tenure was the home run ball. In 2019, he was striking out a lot of batters. 
He was not walking very many hitters. He was one of the most coveted lefty starters in baseball at the trade deadline in 2019. People always forget that. Um, and so he had, and he still like in 2021 with the Tigers, like, again, he, he had a, like a solid season. He had a really good chase rate. Um, he again, like wasn't walking too many hitters. His hard hit rate was uh, like better considering how many home runs he had given up in, in 2020. I mean, it that was a, that was a really rough season. Um, so like there, there is productive innings that, that I think he can provide. I don't think this is just like terrible. Again, like, I, I don't think that this is the worst thing ever. I don't think that this is even bad. Like, this could be something we look back on and go, this was like a solid move, and he pitched productive baseball. This season, his change-up rate spiked. That's another thing that that a lot of people have pointed out, and I think that that's important to know. I don't think that even in a small sample size that that's just irrelevant. I think that that's important. Um getting away from that two pitch mix type of pitcher where it's really just fastball slider throwing the change up more is good. Uh, there's also a lot of video evidence that he changed his delivery and like his mechanics a little bit in Seattle and was like coming when he was setting, it was a little bit different. So like that, that could be good. It could be terrible. Like, I, I don't know. I it's, it's in a vacuum. It's weird. Okay. Uh, it is weird. And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to hang my hat on this signing. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be the, the guy. Well, you know, we brought in Matt boy, like that solved starting pitcher for the entire off season. Like, no, I, I, this signing happened and like, it might be good. It might be bad, but like, I still think we should go out and, and address starting pitcher again. We definitely need to address the offense. That's like a, a, a given, and that should be honestly the top priority. And I still think that that's going to happen. Winter meetings have not even happened yet. They, they start next week. I'm really excited. Um, but my brain is just going so many different directions. So many different directions. The home run ball is obviously the big thing. And like, this is also something the Giants have done a lot is they've done – we might have already talked about this when I talked about Scott Harris earlier, but, like, this is something that they have a long history of, is taking players that have either been hurt or had really down seasons, and then the Giants picked them up in the last – there's a, a pretty long list just in the last two or three seasons of players the Giants have given short-term deals to as, like, reclamation projects, quote-unquote, and then produced and been really good for the Giants. Um in Boyd's short tenure with Fetter, again, his production was was decent before he got hurt in 2021. But then, like, do you really need a lefty this badly? Like, was the did you need a left-handed starter this badly where, like, 10 mil to Mad Boyd was, like, the, the thing that you had to do? So the rotation now is probably Erod, Boyd, Turnbull, Manning, and then just like like Brisky, Fiedo, Hill, Wentz, like are all in the mix for five if the season started today. And, and like this dramatically helps like the pitching depth. You had what seventeen different players start games for you in twenty twenty two. Like we should know more than anybody that we need arms. You need arms. You you need 
innings badly because injuries will happen. And he, like I said earlier, even the three before the Mad Boyd signing that were like solidified, you can even throw Boyd in there. So the four players that you know will be starters for you on opening day, none of them even were within a a hundred innings of a full season last year. Manning was hurt for a large chunk in the middle of the season um, and, and was kind of eased back into thing when he things when he came back. Turnbull obviously missed the entire season. Erod missed three months in the middle of the season. And Boyd didn't pitch at all in the second half of 2021 or at all in the first three quarters of 2022. And you're going to tell me, oh, like we – we have enough pitching. Like, no, like we still <laughs> – the person we would have brought in needed to be, like, again, like someone who I'm a lot more confident that can get us like 170 to 200 innings for me to be like, well, that checks the starting pitching box. But, like, he doesn't draw walks. He, 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 uh, he doesn't give up walks. And he has a history of being a really good strikeout artist at times. Um, and, and like the big thing, and I, I don't just want to sound like what everybody sounded like two years ago when he was still with the Tigers, but like, if you can just cut down the home run ball, then like, you're going to get a really good production out of this guy. Like you are, because that's really the only thing that consistently hinders him is just like, he gives up a ton of home runs. And if he can not and keep the walk rate low and get the strikeout rate to a decent number. You're talking about a dude who could put together a really good season in 2023. But like a lot would need to go right for that to happen. It could be good. It could. We A year from today, I'll set a reminder and we'll rehab this conversation. December 2nd of 2023. Like it, it, it might, it might be good. And this might be the, again, the value for starting pitchers. And it might be like, you might be able to get a trade out of it. I, I I'm, I'm all over the place. And like, it's a one-year deal. One-year deals don't scare me long-term. There's no long-term ramifications. I like that. That's fine. If you want to take a chance on someone, give them more AAV because you're only giving them one year. Fine. That's what you do for one-year deals. So I'm fine with that. Good job. Like your, your risky signing was only a one-year deal and like AAV for a one-year deal shouldn't really matter because it's only a one-year deal. But again, like if that's part of a budget that was set, like that kind of sucks. Like that all over the place, good or bad. I don't think anyone knows. And I think only time will tell, but I can tell you that this does not change anything for me. This does not check a single box of what I wanted to accomplish this offseason. Um, but we might look back on it and realize that it did. <laughs> I guess that's the way to word that. But as it stands right now, this doesn't change anything for me going forward. I still think all the same things I wanted the Tigers to do before they signed Matt Boyd still remain. Golly, who would have thought we'd be having this conversation? Not me. All right, let's get into our third segment. I'll answer some of your questions. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of them in just the third segment, but we're going to try our best, okay? We'll do that right after this. 
All right. Welcome back. Third and final segment here. Locked on Tigers. Um, like, welcome back. Welcome back, Matthew Boyd. Um, a phenomenal human being. One of the best human beings to probably ever put on the old English D. And awesome dude. Will be great in the clubhouse and now has playoff experience. A leader that everybody looked up to. He was our um, MLB Players Union representative when he was here. Like, I mean, this is something that the players are going to love. And he will be a, a positive influence on this team off the field a million percent. And that cannot be stressed enough. That doesn't make it any more of a or less of a head scratcher for what's going to happen on the field. So I just I, I want to remind everyone that he's still a, a human being and a darn good one at that. Okay, let's answer some of your questions. Okay, several of the questions were literally just what is your opinion on Matt Boyd? So I answered a couple. Um, let's see. Let's start with a fun one. Who's your top five Tigers Twitter influencers? That's by uh, Tigers Torque Moyle. I, I appreciate Torque. Um, that's a great question. Castellani's definitely a given. That's the dog. Um, and then Raj and Rahelio and Chris Brown are incredible people. They are awesome. Uh, we cross pollinate, contaminate, whatever, uh, content quite often. They are, are great dudes. They know baseball inside it out. And uh, they they are very much in that as well. Top five, a couple of more. I'm assuming I, I'm I'm not going to say any beat writers, but I just want to make it very clear that we are very blessed with our beat writers, and I'm not sure enough people really understand that. Um, I promise you, if you follow a, a large majority of other teams, you will quickly realize that the the dudes on the Detroit Tigers beat are are one of a kind. They are very, very good at their jobs and also very, very just cool dudes. So shout out to them, but that's kind of their job. I don't know if that really counts as like a personality. Um, there's a lot, honestly, there's a lot of like, really, there's a lot of small tigers podcasts out there that I don't think, um, people are, are too familiar with, uh, but there's like a boatload, like more than I could just like run through. Uh, and, and so, you know, keep your eyes and ears open, go watch. Like I, I love just taking in like tigers content. I don't care how big or small it is, uh, how big of a following the, the person hosting it has or, or whatever, how many listens it gets, how respected, like, I don't care. I just, I just want to listen to people talk ball. And like, so there's, there's a lot, <laughs> honestly, there's, there's a lot out there, Michigan and Trumbull. Um, they do, uh, they, they have, those are long episodes, but not as frequent. So that, that one's kind of a cool thing. Um, I know that, uh, that will and Allie have a podcast that I've listened to a few times. That one's not bad. Like there's, I, I can't give you a solidified four and five for like personalities. Cause we, uh, we have a super cool community to be honest. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's my like kind of not very direct, but also somewhat direct answer. Uh, there's also still a lot more like really small podcasts about the Tigers. Like seriously, just go look like it's fun. I, I promise if you have publicly put out 
a podcast about the Detroit Tigers, I promise you I've listened to it. I promise you. <laughs> and I'm not like scouring competition. I genuinely just love listening to people talk Tigers ball. I promise you I've listened to it. Okay. Um, realistically, one bat and one arm that we could add this offseason. Um, I, I, man, maybe I am delusional. And if you think that about me, you know, to each their own, that's, I guess, kind of fair. But I really do think that Brandon Drury is like in the mix and I would love it. I'm a huge supporter of that move. I think that he, if you get him for a few years, he provides versatility where like he doesn't have to be, he'll be your everyday starting third baseman this upcoming season. But then after that, if like Colt Keith gets called up or whatnot, then you you have the ability to move him around to other positions. He's a slugger. I know the walk rate isn't fantastic, and that's kind of like Harris's thing, but this team also desperately needs power, and I think a versatile player that plays multiple positions that can provide that is, is an awesome thing. So uh, I, I would say that for the bat, for the arm, that – I don't know, man. Like the, the starting pitching market is is so vast with players that are like all around the same caliber, like – um, Jamison Tyone, I don't think is like completely out of the question. I think Sean Manaya is also like in that mix. And those are dudes that are like just over 30 as well. So you could get them for a few years and not feel bad about it. It's also like Zach Eflin, maybe, uh, I, I it's also important to note, like quick side tangent, like the, the giants front office were the CEOs of like three, two to three year deals. They never locked anybody up for super, super long term. And they just had a revolving door of talent that would just like come in. And then like, that's, you can always trade somebody for two and a half years of control, or you can always keep them if you're competitive, but it's also you like, you can count your losses easier if they struggle. Like that's just, they, they have a two to three now, like Aaron judge, you know, they're, they're going to offer him eight to 10 because he's Aaron judge, but like everybody else on that team, man, is just like a constant. And like, i like that. I, I I don't see anything wrong. And like they re-signed some of them too. It's not like a completely different team every three years. So I think that that's something to keep in mind with this free agency period as well. Who will be the biggest free agency signing for the Detroit Tigers? Um, that one's by uh, Randy. And the last one was by Bucky. I totally forgot to say names. I'm so sorry. Biggest free agency signing. Uh, again, maybe I'm delusional. I'm going to put all my cookies in the jar of Brandon Drury. Maybe it's just like I'm trying to manifest it, but I I think that that's it just it makes sense. It 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 makes a lot of sense for this team to sign him to like a 3-year deal. I I genuinely think that. Uh from Nick, Colt Keith debut late this year. Any other prospects that are on the 40 man you see potentially seeing their first major league games this season? Fantastic question. Uh, Colt Keith debut this year. I'm going to go with no. I think that 2024 is Colt Keith season. Okay. Um, I, I look, I know he's not in, we just did the prospects thing yesterday. I know he's not in the top hundred. I know that he is not in the tigers, like top three prospects. Look, man, this kid is something else. And I genuinely think he's one of the best prospects in this organization. And like, oh, if not the best, uh, that's kind of scary. But like, I, I so high on Colt Keith. And I know I'm not alone in that either. Um, 
I don't think this season. I don't. But I, I do think that they have stock in him and that they will plan accordingly as to give him an opportunity to be an everyday starter in 2024 and so on as an organization. I don't think they will roadblock him. I think that that's how the front office feels about Cold Keith as well. So um, not this year, but I, I do think next year. Um, players outside of the 40-man. That's a great question. I think that if it is, it's probably a pitcher. Just because, again, like pitching injuries are so frequent and like you could, you always need pitching, whether it's bullpen or not. Um, I want to look towards a dude maybe like Ty Madden or Dylan Smith. I love Dylan Smith, by the way. You will, you will be pressed to find a bigger Dylan Smith believer. Um, draft pick out of Alabama from a couple of drafts ago. Huge fan of it on draft night. And I think if they need pitching, they will go to one of those two because they were pretty decent. Madden needs to work on his fastball a little bit. but um, and, and Smith had some injury stuff throughout the season as well. But I think if they put together healthy seasons and show out early, like if the first two months of the season they're pitching really well, I think that then if the Tigers needed to, they would go to maybe one of those two players. Um, oh man, we're already at 30. I feel so bad. Like the Tigers just had to do something on the day. I want to do a mailbag like yesterday. If they would have done it yesterday, that'd be great. That would have been awesome. But no, we had to do it this way. Um, if, if we have enough questions, I, I we can answer more next week, next week's winter meetings. Like we'll have plenty of content to talk about, but, um, yeah, I, I know that we, I, I'm trying, I'm going to try to get through it here. We'll try to not make this too long, but still answer a few more. Uh, have I ever been to Tiger Stadium? If not, do you have any personal stories from family members you could share? So I am, um, I was born in the late 90s, uh, mid late 90s, late 90s. And I, I know what year I was born. <laughs> uh, I was born in the late 90s. And I was very, very young when Comerica Park opened. I was alive, but I was incredibly young. So I do not have any memories from Tiger Stadium, unfortunately. Um, My earliest memories, why can I not say memories, are from uh, Copa. But I do have a brick that has gone with me everywhere I have lived for my entire life, which is like five or six different places now. And I take it everywhere I go, and um, it is a brick with my name on it from the old Tiger Stadium. And that's, yeah, I guess that's like the closest thing I have to a memory from Tiger Stadium is I have a brick from Tiger Stadium that has my name, like a nameplate on it and like my birthday and stuff. Um and I also have a brick outside of Comerica Park on like the bricks on the ground with names. You can try and find my name one of these days. I'm not going to tell anyone where it is, um, but I do have a brick. It has my full name, Scott, my middle name, Bentley on there. And you can go mosey around Comerica Park and try and find my brick. So that's probably my the, the closest thing I have to a memory from Tiger Stadium. Um, thoughts on Matthew Boyd? Already answered that. Uh, that last one was from Trey. I believe Uh, this one is from, there is no name on the Twitter handle, 
But it, uh, the question is, what are the odds Jackson Joe makes his debut for the Tigers? I see him being a part of a package deal for a big league bat. So that's a very real thing. Uh, I, I would not say that it's likely. I would say that odds are still more likely that Joe debuts for the Tigers than any other team. And I guess that's kind of like easy to say because he is still on this team at the end of the day currently. But I don't think that it's completely out of the question that he's traded for a bat. I also think that we have forgotten the lost art as a society. We have forgotten the lost art of prospect for prospect trades. I think we need, as a society, we need to bring them back and have more fun and do prospect for prospect trades. They're way more fun to argue about because you're constantly like, you know, you're looking at the rest of their careers. You're forever comparing the two, right? Like Luka Doncic and, and Trey Young. Like you're forever looking and comparing those two because they were traded for each other on draft night. Like that's that's what we need. Um, so I honestly, I, I think, and not that we should trade Job for like a single A bat or anything. Like we need bats now. Um, but I, I think that that would... That would not shock me if – I don't think this year. I think he's too young. His value is not at its highest right now. I think he needs a full season of good minor league ball under his belt uh, before you can really start seriously considering shopping him. It, like, no one wants a 20-year-old that, that, like, just started getting into the sixth inning and in high single A, like, six months ago. Not even, like, three months ago. Right. So – uh, I, I don't think it would make much sense to do it now, but if he moseys himself in a double and triple a and is doing decently well, and the tigers look and have a, an abundance of starting pitching that is all young and controllable and still have offensive problems. It wouldn't shock me if they then maybe next year, even two years, he's only 20, man, um, traded Job for like a, a dude who is maybe on the cusp of making his major league debut, kind of like what Austin Jackson was when we brought his him in, right? Hadn't made his major league debut yet, but was an opening day starter for the team. I think that's kind of a couple years away for starters. And also, like, I think that that would be kind of what they would want. They would want a lot of control out of whatever bat they brought in. Um, Let's see. I think that's close to everything. I'm checking all of my uh, pages here. Oh, we have a couple more. Uh, what are your thoughts on Justin Verlander coming back to Detroit before his career ends? And what are your thoughts on spending decent money and starting pitching this year? So I think within my Matt Boyd discourse, I kind of uh, displayed my thoughts on spending money on starting pitching this season. So I hope that that, that came across. I, I, I still think we need another starter. I, I don't think this really changes anything for me, the Matt Boyd signing. Um, Verlander coming back, it's not going to happen this year. It won't. I would be floored, and I will be so happy to be wrong. I would cry on air. Like, I, I'm not trying to be, like, stingy or, like, mean about it or whatever, but, like, it's not happening, okay? At 45, when he's got a couple, like, a year left, if the Tigers are better, then, like, maybe – and I know everybody wants it every time he's a free agent. And like, I totally understand why, but like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Cause I think he's going to get a two year deal this year, at least as well. So like, I wouldn't hold my breath for any time in the near future, but I also think that Justin Verlander is a freak and might pitch until he's 50. So like we might have time. Um, but I, I don't think the tigers are in a position that they really want to be doing that. 
prioritizing like 40 AAV or whatever he's going to get for a starting pitcher when you still need so much help on the, in the, on the offensive side of things. It just doesn't make sense at the present moment in my eyes. So, um, okay, I think I answered everything there. Last question, then I will send you all on your way. Uh, oh, the last one was from uh, Lemma Days Lucas. Sorry if I mispronounce any of these. I promise I don't mean any offense by it. So this one is by Brayton. Brayton says, I believe sending Johnny Cueto will help eat innings and trading for Colton Wong will put us in the right direction moving forward as our pitchers heal and hitters adjust. What are your thoughts on this? I have been a very vocal Colton Wong lover for a long time. I really wanted him to, uh, him and the Brewers to opt out of their deal so that we could have him. Like I wanted that very badly. So I'm all for that. I, I don't, the, the type of ret- prospects you would have to give up. I'm not sure if what we have in our system, how our system is viewed amongst the rest of the game of baseball and what the Brewers would want for him might not line up. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that deal happening either, but I would love it. Huge supporter of it. Um, and then Johnny Cueto, look, I said on our starting pitching thing uh, thing episode that I want some more long-term starters that are going to be here for like a few years. Like I want that Giants like carousel thing they have going on where it's just like constant two to three-year deals. I want that, and I want a starting pitcher this offseason that matches that criteria. Matt Boyd is not that, and I don't think Johnny Cueto is that. That, just said that about a million times, being said, I'm for Cueto, to be honest. I think that that's a solid signing. Um, He would eat innings. He would be solid. Um, I, I, you know, it would be, he'd be like our fifth starter. But uh, as, again, I am still of the belief that we need innings. And I'm totally for Cueto, even if it is just like a one-year deal. Now, if you do bring in Cueto, that's two pitchers on a one-year deal. I still want my longer-term starter, okay? That does not change my opinion on that. I would still want that. But if that's one of a flurry of moves across the offseason, I would not view that as a negative when spring training started. Okay? Cool. Uh, last question from Braden. I also believe tra- trading away scope for a low-rated prospect or utility player will help us more than keeping him thought on that. Um, uh, it's That one's tough. So the market for second baseman, A, not great. Um, uh, unless you want to sign a shortstop and move Javi over to second, which I don't think is happening. So it's a thin market at second. And on top of that, well, I guess not on top of that, just – if you were to trade Jonathan Scope, um, who would you replace him with? I'm, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Ryan Kreider might end up being a really solid major league player, and I am, uh, and I think that that's a real possibility. He is good. Like he's a good, solid prospect. Am I ready to hand over the keys and let him be an 162 game starter at, at any position right now? No. He has not proven that offensively. 
So, like, I don't mind the premise of trading Scope at all, but I don't really know if any of the options is, like, marginally better than what he could potentially bounce back from. I hope that was English. Yes, I don't mind it. I'm 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 pro trading scope if they have another option. But another option is going to be hard to find. That was articulated way better. Okay, thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Uh, next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I know this was super long. I knew it was going to be super long because I, I think I got through every question, which is great. Good job, me. But I, I just I knew I knew that the day I went to y'all for content and did the mailbag episode that something was going to happen. And so sorry for the length, uh, but it's a Friday show. Got the whole weekend to listen. We will be back on Monday. I am so pumped. I'm so excited for next week. Winter meetings. I am such a nerd that I circle winter meetings when I get like my calendar in January every single year. This is literally my favorite week of the entire year. And like not like uh, even if nothing happens, like the amount of rumors and just like everything starts at winter meetings. That's when like agents talk to front offices and 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 trades they're birthed in in winter meetings, even if they don't happen until January, like. This, to me, is when the offseason starts. We have the Rule 5 draft, which we'll talk about. I, I can't wait. I can't. Oh, my goodness. There was one more question about the Rule 5 draft. We Okay. We will talk. I will answer that question next week when we do the Rule 5 draft breakdown for next week, which we will do, and it'll be fun. And I will answer because the, the, the person who asked the question listed, like, individual names, too. We will break down those players. You'll get a whole show dedicated to your question. How about that? Okay. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I'll catch y'all on Monday for the start of winter meetings, baby. Let the moves actually begin. Go Tigers.